You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Welcome, everybody, to Earth Oddity, um, your weekly odyssey into all the odd things in the world, or whatever the announcer just said. Episode 32. Episode 32. Rolling along. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, it's quite impressive. I, I, at the beginning, I didn't know how long we would make it, but we're here and we're. we're doing I don't think well. I've ever been as dedicated to this podcast as I am than to anything else I've ever done in my life. Actually, I would say outside of my marriage, yeah, this is probably number one. Uh, my wife, I think she's actually kind of aggravated with me that I've like kept it up. Yeah. You know, she yeah. thought that this was going to be just a, a kick right. I got on, and then I was tired of yeah, it. Yeah, that's I right. Didn't appreciate the long nights, the late nights on Sunday <laughs> night anymore, but I've, I, I'm still doing it, and yeah. I think she's kind of aggravated about it. Well, I don't know if my wife's aggravated about it. She, I mean, really, my wife has always left me to my own devices <laughs> to pretty much do whatever I wanted to do. For good or ill. Yeah, but she just doesn't support me anymore in it. As we found out last week when we called her, you know, right? She has way more important stuff to do, like watch Big Brother and The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. That's huge <laughs> now. So they do have budgets that are yeah, way bigger than ours. Probably a hundred times ours. I know a guy who was a cameraman on The Bachelor for a long time. Shout out to Brack. I doubt he <laughs> listens, but he lives in Jasper now. Isn't and, that that uh, guy on Space Coast? On Space Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Brack is one of the more interesting people you ever meet. Excellent musician, too, and uh, just a good dude all around. We went to college together, and I like him a lot. And he knew who won The Bachelor before anybody else did back when he was doing that gig. So, You got any stories today? I do. I got several good ones. Uh, one of the highlights for me is a Missouri nun who uh, was caught smuggling cocaine in her high heels. So. A nun. A nun, yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you don't hear that every day. No. No. She <laughs> likes a little toot sweet. Get a little uh, booger sugar going, so. I've got a story about sidewalk urinals. Oh, okay. <laughs> getting put up in Paris. Ah. Excellent idea. I, I, Not the most classy. Well, yeah, I would Not say, what you think of when you think Paris. I'm just, and well, I'm sure we might cover, you know, how is it cordoned off or is it just right out there in the open? And, <laughs> you know, I just, I got several questions on that, but not opposed to sidewalk urinals. Right. Yeah. I well, think the pea trough might be better, you know, <laughs> just have a pea trough like right in the gutter. Yeah. Really? Let's just pee in the gutter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There we go. I've saved everybody millions of dollars in France. Well, right now let's talk about the, uh, Dare I say it? You want to talk about the Satanic Temple? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. I'm sure you've heard of these guys before. Sure. They're they're really atheists who right. are like you know professional trolls. Yes. But 
in case you haven't followed the story, they've been trying to erect a statue yeah. on the grounds of the Arkansas State Capitol. Okay. Like a big giant Baphomet statue. Yeah, right. Sure. And it was unveiled this week. Oh, yeah. They, they, they got it. They got it. They and got they, it. Huh. Little Rock, Arkansas. Dozens attended. Dozens, John. Dozens. Dozens. They got a big following out there. <laughs> Dozens attended a rally held by the Satanic Temple at the Arkansas State Capitol on Thursday. The rally comes after the Arkansas legislature approved the placement of a Ten Commandments monument on the Capitol grounds. Okay. I know the Ten Commandments is kind of controversial in our day and age, but there was a time it wasn't. No. And if you go to the Supreme Court building, it's engraved in marble. Well, you know. I mean, look, how dare Christians try to put up (laughs) basic tenets for decent living? Like, don't murder, don't cheat on your spouse, okay? I mean, how dare they try to force that down everyone's throat? During the Satanic Temple's rally for the First Amendment, a more than eight-foot-tall Baphomet statue was unveiled. Wow. Those against the rally also attending, telling KATV that they hope to spread God's love by, I guess, opposing this statue. Holding signs. Yes. That says, down with Baphomet. (laughs) Following the installation of the Ten Commandments monument, the Satanic Temple filed a lawsuit to have its statue placed on the same grounds in the name of religious pluralism and the First Amendment. During the 2017 legislative session, the Satanic Temple sent a letter to Arkansas legislators asking for lawmakers to sponsor a bill that would allow a Baphomet statue on the Capitol grounds, but one not one lawmaker responded. Yeah. Well, they got to get reelected, yeah, right. so that's not they, surprising. Yeah, they know who their voters are. <laughs> the rally had five speakers, including the Satanic Temple spokesperson and co-founder, and was held at the Arkansas State Capitol from 1 to 3. The event is intended to be an inclusive gathering where the Satanic Temple will be celebrating pluralism along with Christian and secular speakers. I really would like to know who those Christian yeah, speakers right. are. <laughs> you know? It's probably Olstein. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Copeland. I don't think the I don't think they don't you don't think the Satanic Temple spent too much money on their Baphomet statue to afford Joel <laughs> Olstein's speaking fee? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he probably didn't walk out the door for less than a million. Uh, people of many faiths will come together at the Capitol to reject the Arkansas state legislators' efforts to privilege one religion over others, explains Lucian Greaves, spokesman and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Arkansas State Senator uh, Jason Rappert released the following statement in response to the scheduled protest. Uh, the United States Constitution guarantees the rights of... It guarantees the rights to freedom of religion. I guarantee that's where he's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I don't. Originally, I thought they they had their statue erected. Apparently, they don't have it up yet, but they uh, did. They do have it made, but it and it was a big rally to right. bring it out and pull the sheet off of it. Right? Maybe they had like a big giant pair of scissors or a bloody machete or something. <laughs> right. and they cut that Whatever. ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I got a plan for all our brothers and Christian brothers and sisters out there when this thing gets erected. Here's how you get it taken down, all right? Um, claim, and now you're going to have to make some, some sacrifices for some of you guys out in Arkansas. 
claim that the devil is around in the Civil War, and we don't want any monuments <laughs> of anything that happened in the Civil Somebody War. Somebody needs to go dig up some tweets from Baphomet <laughs> 10 years ago. That's right. Where he's talking about racism <laughs> and, you know, how the white people are privileged and yes. all this, that. Right, yeah, yeah. And then we'll just get that thing taken right on down, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what you're going to have to do. Now, if you're really, if you're like in the Sons of the Confederacy or whatever, you're going to have to make some personal sacrifices because <laughs> you're going to lose your, you know, I don't even know who is a famous Civil War general from Arkansas, but you're going to lose those monuments too. I know so. Robert E. Lee because there was a famous car named after him. But <laughs> Robert, other than that. <laughs> Robert E. Lee? Yeah. What car was named after Robert E. Lee? The General Lee. Oh, well, okay, there you go. Yes. yes. Well, I know a lot of Confederate generals. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got Forrest and all that, but I'm just saying in uh, in, that were hailed from Arkansas. Oh, know? okay, okay, yeah. I got you. Right. Okay, so, hmm, let's see, where do I want to go first? Since we're talking religion here, mm-hmm. well, I got two religious stories, so I don't know which one I want to do first, but I think I'm going to do this one because I like the dude's name. Cody Coots. Cody Coots. Cody Coots. Oh, I know him. Um, he was bitten by a snake during a service. So uh, he's a snake handler from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may, those people listening in other parts of the world, I don't know that snake handling exists, you know, as a part of a Christian religious service right. anywhere other than the Southeast and Appalachia. It's rare, but it definitely exists. Yeah. Okay. You know, we can't. You know, like I know a lot of times people get the wrong idea about yeah. certain you know na- areas of the nation right. or whatever, and, and people are like, well, it's not really yeah. like that. For instance, you know, a lot of people think that the South, every single person is racist. Right. <laughs> and Yes, you know, they do think that. And there is a small pocket of people who are not racist that yes. live in the South, but they never think, get any play. I actually think there's more not racist than racist in the South, but... You know, we built up a reputation for a long time. Right. And it's just like if you did something stupid when you're a teenager mm-hmm. that follows you for your whole life. That's just what it is. Even right. if you've changed as a person, people still look at you and like, that dude robbed a convenience store, whatever. <laughs> right. Know? So, uh, because, I mean. And there are definitely snake handlers yeah, everywhere. in the Southeast. Yeah. That's not something yes. we can say. It's not really like that. Because we had, it's you, rare, but right. it definitely is a thing. I don't know if you remember this. There was a guy who had a snake handling church in Scottsboro, Alabama, who got convicted of killing his wife by letting her get bit by a snake so right i was like that's a long play to get you up out of here like all right now i'm gonna jump in the snake handling and then i'm gonna let one go in her house and it's gonna bite her or whatever you oh, know man. anyway coots's father died uh during a church service in 2014 from a snake bite and cody was bitten by a snake while giving a sermon and required emergency emergency medical intervention to save his life but in their kentucky church This is not the first time a snake handler has been bitten during a religious service. Coots' father, Jamie, was bitten by a snake and died after he asked that his fate be left up to God's will. So, that's uh, pretty tough. The Metro says that Cody Coots asked the same of his congregation. Coots told them if he is bitten, they should take him to the mountaintop for the Lord to decide whether he lives or dies. And there's a video of this, by the mm-hmm. way. I hadn't watched it because I'm not into watching people die. But uh, you can find it out there if you want to. But luckily, a few parishioners, including a man named Big Cody, 
defied coots and sought medical attention. And he throws him up. I saw a picture. He throws it. Big Cody's big. He's like you. <laughs> right. He throws him up over his shoulder and just, I guess, totes him to the hospital. Um, it's like, we're not going to the mountaintop. We're yeah. going to go to the hospital. But the Lord's going to decide at the hospital. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're going to live or die. Most people bit in the face are dead in five to ten minutes. This Yikes. is a This is a quote from Big Cody. I mean, his own daddy got bit in the hand and within seven minutes was dead. So, wow. Man. Big Cody says he still remembers when Jamie Coots, the pastor of the full gospel tabernacle in Jesus's named church. That's a mouthful. Well, they got some names. Yeah, they do. <laughs> the Pentecostals. They, they do. They, they come up with some excellent <laughs> yes, names. they do. They do. I like those names better than I like, you know, like Vision. First Baptist Church. I, I, well, First Baptist, all that doesn't matter. I don't like like Vision Church or, you know, like all the trendy names that everybody has now. I don't like those. <laughs> yeah. I would rather you be named the full gospel tabernacle in Jesus' name. You know, I just think that's a lot cooler to me. But it's in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. Uh, and Jamie Coots died when he was bitten at, and he was 42 years old, only a year older than me, by the way. The church is compelled by the Bible verse, Mark 16, 18, which says they will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. So I'm not trying to get in a theological you know, debate. If, if if you're into snake handling, you're into snake handling. I think you're weird, but whatever. Uh, in the video, though, Coots is seen covered in blood in the aftermath of a snake bite, which nearly severed his temporal artery, Duh. leading blood to spray everywhere. Cody Coots is a fourth generation snake handler, and uh, he recalls the day his father died. And he says, when the Bible says serpents, it means a poisonous snake. Uh, when the old man got bit, he died within probably 10 minutes. It's a nasty bite. Mm. Every time he had ever got bitten, I'd never seen him drop a snake. And I've seen the snake hit the floor. And I thought, well, just take him home. <laughs> man. Jamie Coots, his dad, when he got bit, ran to the bathroom screaming that his face was on fire, and then he dropped dead. Um, snake handling. I'm guessing that wasn't a holy fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? here's, the, uh, here's the most shocking line of the whole article. Snake handling frequently ends badly, and there have been several fatal snake bites in the religion over the last 10 years. At the time of Cody Coots' bites, 14 people were worshiping at the church in a service that approximately lasts 90 minutes. 14. I could like get those attendance numbers up. Hard to get people to come out. You know, when you go and knocking on doors. Yes. Hey, come on over to the full tabernacle of Jesus' graces, whatever, and uh, we're gonna, we going to hold some snakes. We'd like to see you come on down and visit us. It's hard to get people to show up for that. I don't know if they would welcome me into their congregation because I would show up every Sunday with snake chaps on. <laughs> yeah, like your pistol on your hip. <laughs> I would never. I mean, I would enjoy watching other people yeah. do it, but I don't think I would I would ever and take I wish, up the serpent. I wish she was here because I'm almost positive my mom has sang in a snake handling church. I, really? I, I could be wrong, but she sang in churches all over mm -hmm. the world, all over America, really. And uh, yeah, I'm almost positive she has. You okay. need to ask her. Nah, we, and I've been we need with to her. Talk about that. I've been with her in some Pentecostal speaking in tongues churches and right. stuff. 
And when you're like 10 years old, that's some of the strangest stuff you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> and that was back, like I talked about last week, when Holy Ghost was still the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> right. And you get Holy Ghost and people, you know, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like wild, you know, and you're like, wow, <laughs> we don't do this at my church. <laughs> Our church is basically... You uh you go sit in the pew, you sing a couple songs, and yeah. then you get fussed at. You get in trouble right. for thirty minutes. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. you go home. Tell what you've been doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, if it's Father's Day, it's even worse. By the way, it's like no, that's not. I'm not saying that about our preacher. That's just a joke. You know, yeah. like Father's Day, all the good Christian men show up and get told how we're not doing a good job. So yeah, yeah how society's failing because we're not doing a good job. So, but and then uh, Mother's Day. It's yeah. <laughs> it's like oh mother can do no wrong no, no wrong we want to let's give them all flowers the and, reason our society is hanging by thread is that that thread is it's all moms all moms <laughs> not us men no not us men who choose to bring our families to church to worship on a weekly basis no no not us no let's tell them what they're doing wrong how we need to stand up <laughs> Um, here's a surprising tidbit from the article, and then I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, Coots' wife, Tammy, who's 25, um, says she's not into snake handling. <laughs> she said, <laughs> it's not for me. I you got your thing, honey. Yeah, it's not for me. I wasn't raised in this religion. I met Cody through my dad, and we just clicked. It was just like crazy over him. <laughs> so she's sticking by him. Yeah. And I'll say this. And good for you, Tammy. You know, I can't even get my wife to listen to the podcast, and you'll let your <laughs> husband preach with a poisonous snake in his hand. So, um, you think nature would have something to say if he started yeah. snake handling? Like, hey, baby, I got church you need to visit. <laughs> I've decided the Lord's leading me to another church, <laughs> and this is what's going to happen. But yeah, I don't know. You know, like we discussed, I love the Lord. I don't love Him enough to pick up. A poisonous snake and maybe that's a bad reflection on me you know well i will say this and now maybe this is me just searching the bible looking for a, a loophole or a yeah. way out i said do not tempt the lord <laughs> but i was gonna say yeah. when when satan told jesus hey jump off the temple you'll be okay because the bible <laughs> right. says that you're not even gonna stump your toe right he didn't do it yeah so yes. like hey you, you know, know we, he gave us a brain for a it, reason G- jesus wouldn't jump off the temple i'm going to use that as an excuse not to take yeah. up a snake okay yeah i like that one <laughs> i know? like that one i'm putting that one in my back pocket for later but i know look maybe at some point i'll be you know dragging limbs i don't know if <laughs> Come summertime down here in the yeah. south, you you, you, you clearing land, you're, yeah. you're cutting limbs, and you're you're dragging limbs and stacking them up. Yeah, maybe at some point I might accidentally put my hands on a snake, and maybe that snake will or will not bite me, like yeah. you know the Bible talks about. Right, but I'm not going to pick one up on purpose. Well, you know? I, like I told you, I'll try to catch a non-poisonous snake. Right, but I'm not picking. I'm not trying to catch uh, a poisonous one. You know, now if it's not harming my family, I'm not going to kill it like a lot of people, mm-hmm. you and others <laughs> would do. Because, hey, man, it's a policy. Well, I know. Yeah, you got a policy. Because <laughs> well, snakes serve a purpose in the world and, and they're there to help control rodents and whatever. You guys are trying to bring the Black Plague back, but I'm not. So, um, so I'm not going to kill a snake, but I ain't going to go pick it up. You right. know? I'm not an idiot, but you know. Whatever these dudes want to do that, that's fine with me. I'm very much surprised that there hasn't been a government agency step in and go, "You can't do this. You're endangering right. children or whatever." You that's know. a good point. Yeah, 
I, mean, I guess it's coming now that this probably got a lot of publicity. Well, it, I mean, this has been around for, for, for years. Forever, this isn't really. Like something hundreds, new. hundreds of years, yeah. So... People have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know how the you know how the nanny state is. I'm surprised they haven't yeah, gotten involved. Right. Well, but maybe they're just like there's not enough of them to make a difference. If they got 14 people showing up, <laughs> that's true. You know, we've had a little attendance dip at our church, but we ain't hit 14 yet. You know, what yeah. we do is we're gonna have to get real worried. Maybe that's when we break the snakes out. You know, <laughs> maybe that's what happens. You're just like well, nothing else to do. Let's get the snakes out. You know. <laughs> Well, our next story, and man, we've had two you know religion stories, and I think we've got another one I, coming I up. I got another one, and a kind of one if you talk about the nun smuggling cocaine, too. <laughs> this is a very religion-centric show this week. We're going to take a short break yeah. from religion, and I'm going to ask you a question, John. John, okay. did you know that children are susceptible to peer pressure? Oh, I've heard that. Seems like I've <laughs> yeah. heard that a lot in youth group. <laughs> yes. I know when I was a kid, I was certainly susceptible to yeah. a certain degree of yeah. peer pressure. No, I, I was too. Yeah. yeah so that st- makes perfect. Everybody yeah. knows that. Right. That's nothing new. Yeah. Did you know that children are susceptible to peer pressure from robots? I did not know that. <laughs> well, that's our next article. This All comes right. from The Verge. Children are susceptible to peer pressure from robots. If your friends told you to jump off a bridge, would you? It's a warning you probably heard in childhood, a hypothetical example of the dangers of groupthink, and it likely inspired more impulsive behavior than it prevented. But in the not-too-distant future, parents may have to update this little adage. If a robot told you to jump off a bridge, would you? Because as it turns out, quite a few probably would. In a study published today in the journal Science Robotics, researchers from Germany and the UK demonstrated that children are susceptible to peer pressure from robots. The findings say the researchers show that as robots and AIs become integrated into social spaces... We need to be careful about the influence they wield, especially on young people. Robots and AI could use social influence to change our behavior. The paper's authors ask, for example, if robots recommend products, services, or preferences, will compliance be higher than with with more traditional advertising methods? They note that robots are being introduced to plenty of other domains where social influence can be important, including healthcare, education, and security. The study in question is actually a reimagining of perhaps the best known and most influential demonstration of social conformity, the ASH experiment. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. A-S-C-H. I've never heard of it. Yeah. This series of tests, first carried out in 1951 by Polish psychologist Solomon Ash, illustrates how humans can be influenced by groupthink to the point where we will deny even the most obvious facts. In his experience, he invited 50 male college students to take part in a vision test. The students were seated around a table and shown a line on a chart next to a group of three other lines of varying lengths, labeled A, B, and C. They were then asked at a one at a time to say which of the three lines was closest in length to the first line. And the answer was obvious, but what participants didn't know is that all but one of the students were actors. And when the ringers were called upon to give their answer, they all gave the same incorrect response. Yeah. When it came turn for the real test subject to give the answer, roughly one third gave to social pressure and gave the same answer, uh-huh. the same incorrect answer. That's right, yeah. So, like, if me, you, and Casey were looking at these lines, and we're all saying it's line number B, yeah. but it's wrong. Right. And then James Elmore, you know, he knows it's A, but he's, he's going to say B because right. me, you, and Casey said it. Right. right, yeah. And he's like, well, maybe what I thought was wrong, so these guys <laughs> yeah. must be right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not going to uh, go against the herd. Yeah, right, yeah. You know. Yes. Well, 
So ro- robots are going to do that to us, basically. <laughs> it's such an elegant little experiment that we just thought, let's do it again, but with robots, says Tony Bellsfamy. Okay. Man. Uh, Nailed it. <laughs> professor, Nailed it. Professor Tony. A professor of robotics at the University of Plymouth and co-author of the paper. And that's exactly what he and his colleagues did, adding the extra twist of testing the first group of adults and then groups of children. The results showed that while adults did not feel the need to follow the example of the robots, the children were much more likely to. Yeah. When the kids were alone in the room... That's how they get you. They were quite good at the task. But when the robots took part and gave wrong answers, they just followed the robots. Mm-hmm. Although it's the susceptibility of the children that leaps out in this experiment, the fact that the adults were not swayed by the bots is also significant because it goes against an established theory in sociology known as computer or social actors, or CASA. I never heard of that. I neither. I've heard of Taco Casa. <laughs> this theory, which was first outlined in a 1999 book, states that humans tend to interact with computers as if they were fellow humans. The results of this study show that there are limits to this theory, although he says that his colleagues were not surprised by this. So I'd say probably age is a factor because, you know, people, I know my age, I haven't been on the internet my whole life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get on the internet till after I was out of high school was when it was available. And so maybe there's a natural built in mistrust of, okay, things on the computer can be wrong or whatever. Right. But if you're like my kids who have grown up, Talking to Siri. Yeah, talking to And asking to questions else. to Alexa. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, well, I, I assume it's right. Mm-hmm. Or it just could be that kids are dumb. Because kids are dumb. <laughs> Perfect example that says nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But I just want to tell you, Thomas, my oldest son, great kid. I love, I love him. Kids never in trouble in school. Makes excellent grades. Awesome kid. I've, we've been trying to get him into the habit of wearing deodorant because he's 13 now, <laughs> right. you know, and you just got to start wearing deodorant because you start kicking, you know, you're stinking. <laughs> well, Deidre bought him a new stick of deodorant because he didn't like the other kind he had, or that was his excuse when mm-hmm. we were like, well, you... so she bought him a new stick of deodorant. Well, last night, Deidre, I, well, actually, let's roll back yesterday morning. I was like, Thomas, you know, get up, get your shower, put on your deodorant and everything. And he's been keeping his deodorant on his nightstand. I was like, why don't you take the deodorant into your bathroom? That way, when you're getting dressed out of the shower, you can put it on. You won't forget it. It's right in your face, okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. So he comes out. Hey, did you put on deodorant? Yeah, I did. You know, okay, yeah, that's fine. So last night, Deidre's in the bathroom. She comes back, comes to the kitchen. She was like, Thomas didn't put this deodorant on. It's still got the, like, plastic <laughs> cap on yeah. the inside. You know, because he's a kizzy idiot. He don't know that stuff. It's <laughs> even on there. He's never yet, no. <laughs> and so I immediately, like, let's let's make him lie to us. And I was like, Thomas, did you put on deodorant this morning? He was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, put it on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And Deidre's like, go back there and get that that uh stick of deodorant and bring it to us and we're gonna show you why you're lying so <laughs> then he goes to the bathroom he's in there for like two or three minutes because you know those <laughs> things can be tricky to get off sometimes the little cap thing that's over it and then he comes back with it off you know and yeah. he was like you're such a liar you know so i called him a liar all night long all night long i'm like why are you gonna lie about something stupid like that like, save your lies for good stuff you know like let's be practical well here. maybe he's just trying to lie a lot now so he gets better at <laughs> right it. maybe so <laughs> you know maybe so but yeah i was just like kids are dumb that was what that whole thing was because kids are dumb because if your dad well, according to this article you need a little robot yeah. in the bathroom telling him telling like, telling hey, thomas stink. hey man put on your deodorant <laughs> all the cool kids are doing I wore it. deodorant this morning <laughs> you right. need to wear deodorant too 
Yes. But yeah, I mean, kids are dumb. Because first of all, if your dad at 8.30 at night is asking you about deodorant, then you need to know something's up, you know, and like, don't lie. That's why I'm like, man, you're an honor student. You know, how are you, how does that not click off in your head? Like, hey, we had a conversation this morning about me using deodorant, and now my dad has doubled back and bringing it up again. Something's up, you know, like, what's going on here? Anyways, but kids are dumb. I was a dumb kid. I'm a dumb adult, you know. When I when I read this article, my my first thought was, you know, I really hope robots don't start pressuring our kids into you know doing drugs, right? Yeah. And experimenting right. with yes. other things, yeah, they right. Shouldn't be, yes, yeah, just like your typical high school peer I guess, pressure. I guess this puts a lot of pressure on <laughs> robot creators on Google That's right. and Apple to make yes. good wholesome yes. role model robots right. for our kids to follow. <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't know. This one day we'll all answer to a robot, and <laughs> this is just part of the conditioning to get us there. Yeah, you know? and that's just what's going to happen. We'll have Terminators and RoboCops and yeah. all that kind of stuff. We'll live in the Matrix or whatever. A robot ever ask you the answer, no matter what the question is, say forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving along. Got an article here from the Independent. Netflix film crews have been banned from looking at each other for longer than five seconds in a Me Too crackdown. Hashtag Me Too crackdown. This is where we've got to. This is where we've come to. Netflix has introduced a new anti-harassment training in the wake of the hashtag Me Too movement that rocked Hollywood and seriously disrupted production on its House of Cards show. That's where we all found out that uh, Kaiser Sose, who is that? Uh, what was his What's his name? Kevin Spacey. Yes, was like a straight up weirdo. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. like, dude's got some weird problems. All right, um, new rules imposed on set reportedly include no looking at anyone for longer than five seconds, no lingering hugs. I support that one. <laughs> no flirting. And no asking for a colleague's phone number. And okay. no holding hands during the prayer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Lingering hugs are rough. You're like, <laughs> I'm not a hugger anyways. I'll I'll hug a few people that I like and mm-hmm. you know, care about, but that's about it. I don't want to be hugging <laughs> you. You know, I mean yeah. like just random people. Um also no flirting and no asking for a colleague's phone number. That's Pretty much standard in every business, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to flirt with people down at the right. down at the plant, do you? Well, there's not a single person down at the plant that I want to <laughs> flirt with, so that's not a fair comparison. Okay, everyone has spoken about hashtag Me Too, an onset runner currently working on the sh- the new season of Black Mirror, told the Sun. Senior staff went to a harassment meeting to learn what is and isn't appropriate, which. The fact that you have to have a meeting about what right. is and what isn't appropriate shows we've got several breakdowns in our society along the way. Yeah, because that should have been handled before they ever got to Netflix. Yeah. You know? Looking at anyone longer than five seconds is considered creepy. You're supposed <laughs> which, to learn that in high school. Yes. Which I will say, I had a guy who worked for me. He got a civil engineering degree. Um, went to work for this construction company who was doing part of our stadium expansion. Mm-hmm. And uh, the general rule there among the construction workers, this wasn't enforced by the company, is that you can't stare at the girls walking by. You know, college girls, right. I mean, you could throw a rock and hit a model on the <laughs> campus of Alabama. Yes. Uh, 
can't look at them any longer than three seconds. Like, <laughs> like that was the rule. Like you had to have a three count, then you moved away. So I kind of understand that. You don't want to be staring and catcalling a sorority girl coming from her house while you're working on the stadium. Well, yeah, there's a really simple fix to this. And it's just you go to Home Depot, you get you some safety glasses that are tinted. There you go. There you go. Nobody problem knows. solved. Tiny. Nice. You can turn your eyes yeah. so long you as go. you do not turn your head. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the other simple solution to this is that a bunch of dudes need to marry some mean women. You know, like, <laughs> if you're afraid of your wife, you're not going to go messing around on her. That's, that normally works, too. So, um, you mustn't ask for someone's number unless they're given permission for it to be distri- distributed. And if you see an, any unwanted behavior, report it immediately. Well, hold on. Can you get around that by asking, may I have permission to ask for your number? <laughs> Do I have permission does for that, you does to? Does that get around yeah, that? Maybe. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. They're saying you can't ask for uh, someone's number unless you have permission. Can you right. say, can I have permission to ask for your number? <laughs> yeah. Right. You I see don't what I'm saying? Yes. I like it. I like it. You're finding all kind of loopholes. <laughs> you're a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, you're not. It's a joke, but don't look at me oh, longer than five, no idea. Don't look at me longer than five <laughs> seconds. Okay? Don't. Um it sparked jokes they added with people looking at each other, counting to five, then diverting their <laughs> eyes. Netflix declined to confirm or deny the report, but told the independent in a statement, We're proud of the anti harassment training we offer to our productions. We want every Netflix production to be a safe and respectful working environment. We believe the resources we offer empower people on our set to speak up and shouldn't be trivialized. So, I will say that you get two extra seconds at Netflix than you do down at the university. So that's right. Yes. So that's a perk. That's a perk. Uh, first of all, the fact that we have to that there are men and women, I guess in some cases too, yeah. but probably in general, men mostly men. Yeah. Who. Uh, don't know how to act right. That, Who are visually stimulated. Yes, right. That we have to put rules in place like this is yeah. is kind of sad, all right? But I don't know that you would go a so hard line, you know? Mm-hmm. It may be where you just get everybody together and be like, hey, let's let, act like decent people. Don't be telling dirty jokes. You know, don't be trying to touch anybody right. in an unwanted way. You know, you want to just like a... Well, in times past, that was, you know... That was perfectly fine to a degree. Right. Yeah. And people kind of understood, I feel like. But now we've got to the point where so many people have taken advantage of this lax attitude we've had in the past that now it seems kind of silly, but we're starting to nail this down in a concrete fashion. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just thinking you just go like middle school dance rules, you know, like (laughs) leave enough room in between you for the Holy Spirit and and everything will be okay. I thought middle school dance rules were... Men on one side, girls on the true. other. Yeah, that's very true. I was never like that. I don't, I've never in my life remember being afraid of girls, you know, right? Like or thinking they were icky or anything like that. I got in trouble in kindergarten for kissing during nap time. <laughs> I have always liked women, you know. And you've and, always looked more than five seconds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for the ones I like, I do, you know. Yeah. But I didn't know it was creepy if I look at you for more than five seconds, apparently. <laughs> 
I mean, but if I'm if we're having a conversation and I'm looking at your face, do I have to stop? You know, after five seconds. Yeah, and, and you do. <laughs> that seems extreme. Can you be Can you be written up? Yeah, for that? I don't know. Now, if I'm staring at your backside or something like that, <laughs> that's completely. You know, yes. or like the whole, you know, my eyes are up here type thing that ladies might say sometimes, which my wife might say sometimes. Uh, you know, I can get that, yeah, but. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if we're, if we're just talking about the show and, hey, I need you to get this boom mic over here and let's roll camera to position two and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. All that. We yeah. discuss that all the time. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> and we're like, uh, you know, after five seconds, let's break, stare at the floor. Let's start back on our conversation. <laughs> yeah. Seems a little extreme to me. Yeah. But I guess if you can't behave yourself, you need rules like that. So, that's true. You know, that's why people need to... Uh, be afraid of their wife. I want to tell the women out there, you know, if they don't move, men can't see you. Their vision is based on movement. <laughs> like a dinosaur. <laughs> but truth be told, I, I just want to, I just think it'd be hilarious yeah, for a right. woman to be walking down the road and then just freeze. <laughs> well, and I will say, you know, I wear shorts quite often and I've gotten used to women staring at me for more than five seconds. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me. If you're eye candy like I am, that's just something you learn to live with. It's a little yeah. bonus. It's just that's just the way it is. Now, this is just a perk of you can look but me not, personally. Yeah, you can look but not touch. You know, I'm committed and all that. And, but you know, I mean when you when you grow up good looking like I have, it's just part of life. Yeah. You know, women just ogling over you guys cat calling you yeah ga- ga- guys guys too guys too that's fine if, if you're into that that's you can you can stare you know but, again uh, don't touch don't touch don't nobody touch because i've only been touched by one person and that's very rarely by the way just like to throw that out there story from NPR. Nope, those aren't mailboxes. Paris rolls out sidewalk urinals. Oh yeah, okay. Now, yeah, and I'm interested check out this in this. picture. I mean, okay. that, that looks like a garbage can that you would yes, see on the sidewalk, right. but it's a garbage can for urine. Yeah, look. I'm, I'm, oh, there's so much stuff that can go wrong with that. That's way more public than I thought it would be. You know? Yeah. Way more public. You don't think some, uh, some Me Too guys are going to be abusing that? I mean, that's like Bohemian Grove right yeah, there. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Let me just turn around and zip up my pants in front of your family, you know? In Paris, authorities are taking an unusual approach to combat the scourge of public urination. Oh, okay. All right. Look, <laughs> Paris, it's not New Orleans. Okay. You can't pee wherever you want to. All right. Uh, their solution, make urination even more public. <laughs> Goodness. The city is experimenting with completely exposed eco-friendly urinals. Eco-friendly. <laughs> Gotta be eco-friendly. The devices are called... Oh, man, that's going to be tough. I took two years of French. It, what's that? In quotes. Um, the urinatois. <laughs> ah. I guess. Urinatois. Urinatois. Yeah. Which combines the words for urinal and pavement. They're not at all subtle. 
They're bright red and in heavily trafficked areas. For example, directly next to the Signe near the Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Cathedral. Dame. Yeah, man, I should have gave you this story. <laughs> <laughs> If there's any confusion, a large white and red sign with a red arrow and a cartoon of a man peeing probably clears it up. Wow. I like to think this is a cartoon of Calvin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like on the back of everybody's truck. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> French authorities say they are using this surprising solution to try to supplement existing toilets in heavily congested areas where there are urine issues. Yeah. The interest of this new urban fixture lies in its mobility, ease of installation and use, and, well, its ecological dimension, city authorities said in a statement. They introduced three of these toilets in March and added a fourth in July. On the 4th of July. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're planning to install a fifth urinal soon. The new additions have appalled some residents, yeah. such as Paolo Pelazarazzi. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Who owns a Vietnam Venetian art store. <laughs> a Vietnam Man. art store. <laughs> yes. I like it. it. <laughs> Who owns a Venetian art store. There's no need to put something so immodest and ugly in such a historic spot, she tells Reuters. Yeah. She's got a point. I agree. Some others view the urinals as straightforwardly sexist. They have been installed on a sexist proposition Men cannot control themselves from the bladder point of view, and so all of society has to adapt, said Gwendolyn Cotapult. Surprise, I kind of agree with her. <laughs> yeah. You know? Of the feminist group Fems Soljalaras, okay. tells the yeah. news service. Oh, everybody knows them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the public space must be transformed to cause them minimum discomfort. Well, yeah. as a guy, I would like to say that's kind of nice. Yeah. I don't want to force that on all of society, well, but yeah. it does help me out. <laughs> well, right. Well, it's a lot easier for a guy to pee in an outdoor setting. Right. You know, I mean. The logistics are right, so yeah. much simpler. Right. So, but I agree. Like, if you're a dude and you need to pee, you just need to learn to hold it or, <laughs> you know, find a public restroom. You know, maybe Paris needs to go into a hole. Let's, I know it's an old city. Right. Older, probably than I, I'm sure it's, it's older than America in its whole, you know. So there's probably not a lot of room for ex, you know changing existing construction, probably all kinds of historical codes and mm -hmm. crap like that. But we need to make some exceptions and put some public restrooms around for people to use because uh, I don't think. Well, first of all, <laughs> French man, if you're just taking a leak <laughs> whenever and wherever, something's wrong with you. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't. I don't think that this is a good solution. You know, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of lot of problems because, I mean, just from the look of the little trash can you showed me, mm -hmm. there's like no cover at all no. for you. And so, how are you not exposing yourself accidentally or on purpose if you're a weirdo <laughs> to passerbys? You right. know, I mean, there needs to be a little more. Let's just play some porta potties around or something. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I guess some people may say that the, the porta potties are an eyesore, but sure. is it a, a more of an eyesore than seeing an old man Look, with I, his junk hanging out? I guarantee you there's a porta potty company out there that will take a government contract to, to make a nice looking a one. A nice looking porta potty, <laughs> but you know, like put like fake stone look on the outside or whatever. Right. And just put those around. Then it's, it's available to be used by both sexes. 
and you at least got some cover in there while you're trying to get everything back in place and zipped <laughs> up, you know? It goes into how it works and all that stuff. I think we can skip all that. Yeah. But it says at the end right here, Laurent Lebeau, a designer of the Urinatoire, tells the newspaper that the device isn't a complete fix to the problem. The yeah. problem being, you know, people peeing everywhere. Yeah. Still, quote, drunk blokes keep pissing, end of course, quote. They do. People may laugh Sounds- at our solution, but it could just work. Yeah. Um, I got two points here, and they're kind of paradoxical of each other. Number one being, I don't believe that men are going to have perfect aim. No. So you're not, no. No. like Mr. LeBeau said, you're not going to completely yeah. eliminate the problem. Right. <laughs> you yes. know, these, these urinatoires are going to get disgusting, and then someone's going yeah. to have to clean those. Right. Number two... I feel like if the shoe was on the other foot and it was women, not men, who yeah. had the ability to urinate in public, yeah. these things would be everywhere. Yeah, That's you're just my right personal opinion. That. Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> and we'll never know if yeah. I'm right or wrong, yeah. but that's just my personal right. opinion. Yeah, I, I, you're probably right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just don't get it. I I mean, all right, so if you're drunk, you know, you, you've been pounding beers at the bar. Sometimes you have to pee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it comes on quick. You're like, oh, I got to go, and I got to go now, all right? <laughs> so, but, I mean, you just don't go on the street. Of course, I've never lived in a huge city like that. You know, like, you'll see people peeing in the alleys in New Orleans during Mardi Gras and stuff like that. But that's kind of a little different situation. I I'm, I haven't lived in a city, so I don't know what it's like to not be able to find a bathroom at the convenience store you can go to or whatever. And then that convenience store, they put up a sign that says, only paying customers. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah you so, got to buy a stick of gum or something. <laughs> you have to buy something. Yeah, which I agree with, by the way. You're using <laughs> their water that yeah. they're paying for. I agree with. I was like at the restaurant because we were by all bars. I mean, people would want to come in and use our bathroom because it's clean, you know, mm-hmm. and hadn't been abused by a bunch of drunk people, <laughs> drunk college kids. And I was like, Hey man, uh, I had to pay for water. So you need to buy something for me. You know, like I, this ain't no free rides. You know? I will say that it is definitely, I can definitely see it's a problem because there was a time in my life, I was in my early twenties and I found myself in downtown Chicago Yeah, and had to go had to go and there was nobody that would let us go. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you know, everywhere we went, they were like, Hey, no public restroom, no public restroom. Mm-hmm. So we had no other choice. I mean, it was either your pants or you go to the park Yeah, and you go hide somewhere. Right. You know, and that's just, well, I would say what happened, you know? Yeah. I would think finding a park is probably considerate. At least you got <laughs> soul, you yeah. know, to like soak up whatever. You're not just doing it on the concrete right. or whatever. Yeah. Got a big pooping problem in San Francisco, if you hadn't heard about that, by the way. <laughs> hey, remember our, uh, our, what was our directive from your Oh, wife? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Never <laughs> but mind. But it's a problem. So, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I, I didn't even bring that up. Then that didn't happen. She ain't going to listen anyways. All right, moving on to what I think will be my highlight story of the week. All right. Uh, Missouri nun is caught smuggling cocaine in her high heels, and she blames her internet lover. For her. Oh, okay, that, there's nothing about that story, that headline, that <laughs> makes me think, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Perhaps you'd understand it better, standing in my shoes, it's the ultimate enticement, smuggler's blues. A 
Missouri nun who was busted for heeding a much higher calling trying to smuggle cocaine in a pair of high heels in 2017. <laughs> higher calling. Yes. Claimed she was duped by her roguish Romeo. Hmm. So, uh, Denise Woodrum, 51, a sister of the Adorers of the Blood of Christ Order, also a good name for a Pentecostal <laughs> church, by the way. <laughs> Uh, was arrested at Sydney Airport in possession of 756 grams of pure cocaine, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Wow, this hadn't even been cut yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Woodrum, who had been romantically involved on the internet, which I don't, I, that's not kosher, is it? I don't think it is, right? Aren't they supposed to be like. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a, I'm not yeah, a, yeah, scholar, I don't know. a Catholic scholar. Yeah. But I was under the impression that if you are a priest or a nun, right. you are married, but to, you're married to the church. Yeah, right. right. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought, too. Yeah. Um, but she was involved on the internet with an Australian man she had never met in person and uh, was part of an elaborate scheme to bring nearly 1.7 pounds of blow to her mystery paramour. The man, who purported, whose purportedly named Hendrik Cornelius, has yet to be found. Hmm. Once in custody, she attempted to call Cornelius. She was groomed to provide a financial gain for the person. Uh, whatever person or persons is behind this identity, said, attorney, said her attorney, Rebecca Neal. There are fraudsters out there who are relying on women who are vulnerable on January 31st, Woodrum pleaded guilty to importing a commercial quantity of border of a border control drug. Her father, Tom Rosansky, claimed she had been a teacher who had suffered from depression and undergone a hysterectomy. Hmm. Hmm. She has never done anything like this before, um, and this experience has been difficult for me to understand. Man, nuns get those hysterectomies and... They just, just go, go crazy. wild. <laughs> I know it changes. I know it changes things. Uh, but there's just so many questions here. Number one, how does a nun go about purchasing 756 grams of cocaine? You know, like how does that happen? Well, was she? <laughs> did she work at like a, a inner city? Yeah, you know, clinic or maybe something. So, you know? Right? Yeah. Like, hey, you just bring. Maybe she has some contacts. Right. It's impressive that she was able to get the pure, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would think right. if that was her, if that was her it's very end, right, that she would yeah. be getting something that was already cut right. and at least, ready for the street. Yeah. This part of the world, <laughs> very rarely you're not getting anything that's cut with some baby laxative or something else. So. Baby powder. Yeah. Whatever. Um. But yeah, and the fact that first of all. I didn't figure nuns would mess around on the internet that much, you know, but I don't know. I'm like totally in the dark on nuns. I've maybe seen five nuns total in my entire life in person, you know, just not, not big down here. Now they do have the Catholic news network, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, ETWN, you know, that's like based in Gadsden and it's a worldwide network. Right. So we got some nuns somewhere. They're just not rolling around (laughs) where I see them, you know? Well, I mean, I, I think the, the outfit, you know, uh, most nuns don't. I mean, I guess they would wear that. Yeah, at times, but oh, they can just go plain yeah, clothes, think, like undercover. I think, and I could be wrong, undercover nun. But I thought, yeah, like if you go to Catholic school, I don't think all your, 
all the sisters teaching classes. I think there's a here. I, I could be way off. Yeah, I don't know. Email the show if I'm wrong and, and yeah, let me know because right. I need to be educated. Right. Yes. But I really was under the impression that they can they can just go plain clothes. Yeah, they, they can yeah. dress casual. Certain. Yeah. Certain, sometimes you gotta wear pants. You know, like Free Will Baptists, they're not. I think they have to wear ankle length skirts. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> they got to wear ankle lengths or culottes. Right. If you are familiar with what culottes are, <laughs> they're like a short that's like really baggy, short right. type thing looking. Yeah, that's Free Will. <laughs> but got a lot of friends that are Free Will Baptist. I was actually married in a Free Will Baptist church. I was not a member of the church. That's where we chose to get married so right. everyone could come to it. So, yeah. I love, I love my brothers and sisters <laughs> at Free Will Baptist. A lot of dangerous family members of Free Wills, and they're cool, awesome people. Love the Lord. But, yeah, so I, I didn't know nuns could go yeah. plain clothes. If I was a nun, I would have that outfit on all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because it's pretty cool looking. And you can fly. Awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot about that show. I watched it a lot growing up. Uh, but it's a perfect cover if you're going to smuggle drugs is to be a nun. You know, nobody's suspecting you of doing anything. You're probably, you got your rosary out. You're waiting in the TSA line or whatever. Also, you can probably like slim, sling an MP5 under your arm. And nobody right. would nobody think nothing about think it. You think about it. Yeah. So, uh, ready to throw down. Yeah. But it's the fact that she got romantically involved over the internet with someone seems like to be a big no-no and then did something so gangster yeah, right yeah <laughs> you <know>? exactly yeah <laughs> uh, you know i don't know i feel like that'd be frowned upon you know and i feel like only like i say no nun experience most of my nun experience comes from the movie the blues brothers <laughs> So I feel like she's going to get a lot of slaps on the back of her hand. Sister act. That's kind of my, sister act my go-to. Yeah, that's right. That's, forgot all about sister act. Probably the greatest nun movie of all time, I would yeah. think. Yeah. But in general, I think nuns do awesome stuff, you know? Yeah. They, uh, they help out a lot of people for the Lord. So good for them. Just don't be smuggling blood. And- do they wear high heels? Yeah, I don't know. Or was she the lone exception? <laughs> I've stumbled across a few internet sites. <laughs> I've seen a few in high heels. But they didn't have the rest of the habit. LonelyNunDate.com. right. <laughs> was, that, was that the website she was on? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> she had a yeah. profile and everything. Uh, Christian Mingle. It had to be. <laughs> ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, people do stupid stuff when they think they're in love, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, so I guess maybe this was just a really stupid thing she did. And, but she went to 11, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, she turned it up. She, I'm going to show you how much I love you. <laughs> Which I guess you can leave the nunhood whenever you want, right? I mean, it's not like the Hotel California, is it? <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't a good either. question. I imagine you could walk away, right? I watched a movie called uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> and he sang a song about wanting to renounce his vows after okay. he met a nun yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I don't know if they did or not. Yeah, I know. The movie kind of ended with uh, uh, the kind of theme song in the movie, and he kind of yeah. looks at her and gives her a thumbs up. I don't know if that was a thumbs up, like, hey, we're going to stay in the priesthood, or thumbs up, we're going to get down with this, yeah. or let's go get married. Well, yeah, I know in... Uh... There's a TV show called Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever watched it? It's totally not to. appropriate. <laughs> totally not appropriate. But there's a character in it. His name's Cricket, and he was a priest who renounced his priesthood to go to this, go to the other, to, to get to win the affection of his love. Gotcha. Of this girl, but he ends up getting struck out on drugs, and he's homeless, oh, and no. this is like this whole thing. 
But yeah, so uh, yeah, so maybe you can. I don't know. <laughs> we have no Catholic. We need a Catholic expert say, we can bring up. Hey, Catholics, write in and hey, educate my, us. My buddy Mason, know. who's a Baptist now, grew up a Catholic, so maybe he might know. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we can get together. One. We're, we've been trying to get together and eat lunch for about two weeks now. But so. we need somebody that actually knows, yeah, you right. know, that, that's yeah. like an expert. Yeah, and, and and our standards for an expert are pretty low. Yeah, right. Know? I mean, you could just say you're an expert. We don't even. We're no. There's no vetting. No vetting process. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh. Well, next story. And way back, I'm talking episode zero. It wasn't even episode one yet. We yeah. talked about the Browns. Do you That's remember that? Right. Cleveland I do. Browns. I do. Well, there's a <laughs> wonderful marketing campaign that says. Uh, Browns fans, free beer coming the moment the team wins. Okay, here we go. <laughs> they won their first preseason game, by the way. Well, it's got to be a regular season. Yeah, but I know. I'm saying but they're, yeah, hey, that, hey, maybe, they're undefeated so far. Maybe, maybe this bodes well for uh, Cleveland Browns yeah. fans who yeah. like to drink a lot. That's right. <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio, if or when, pick your conjunction, the Browns win a game, there's going to be free beer for fans. Bud Light, never adverse to sports marketing or promotions, has come up with a fun one. Special locked refrigerators filled with Bud Light will be triggered via smart technology and open the second the Browns have notched their first regular season victory. If you're near one, well, cheers. (laughs) (laughs) We're always cheering for them, said Andy Goler, vice president of marketing for Bud Light and NFL sponsor. Obviously, they haven't won in a while. We're putting victory fridges out into the marketplace. When the Cleveland Browns win at the end of the game, those refrigerators will send a wireless signal that will unlock them and give fans the opportunity to celebrate with Bud Light. There you go. So, our story from way back in January was, if I remember correctly, they didn't win a single game. Right, and they had a parade. And all the fans had a parade about how bad they were. Yes. That they didn't win a single game. Right. But yeah, they're 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 coming on. I, I I'm actually on the Browns bandwagon. You <laughs> it know? says here that uh, uh, several of about ten Bud Light Browns victory fridges, approximately eight foot tall. They're not small dorm size fridges. Yeah, so no, these they're are, big. They're, they're like they're glass door. Fridge. Like you would go into a a Seven Eleven somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've set up about eight, ten of those. All right. And. They're full size. They're fully stocked, and it's, if the if the Browns win a game, then they're they will be unlocked and free for anybody that wants to go in there and grab it. Uh, each orange and blue fridge holds upwards of two hundred aluminum sixteen ounce bottles. The company is being a bit coy about specific locations because Ohio law prevents promotion pre promotion of this type. Yeah, the folks at the beer company said, but all will be in the general Cleveland area. So. Surely they're going to be pretty easy to spot, I would think. Oh yeah, yeah. There the the picture I saw. Yeah, I mean it was a big glass door cooler, Browns and Budweiser mm-hmm. logo with a chain around it, and you know you could see all the ice cold buds inside, just waiting <laughs> to be cracked open in celebration of the Browns, <laughs> like a Pandora's box yeah. of mischief. That's right, ready to open. Now, I've said before, I'm not an NFL fan, but <laughs> I've been. I got roped in <laughs> or caught up watching uh, Hard Knocks, which they're doing with the Browns, and uh, I'm all in. I, I love the Browns now. I may buy some Browns gear. I don't even think we got any Alabama players on the Browns, but yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. Little story. They got the number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield. They got uh, 
Uh, Jarvis Landry has signed to be a receiver for them. If their other receiver, I can't remember his name, but he's like crazy. He's mm-hmm. all the time on drugs. Joe, <laughs> it's Joe something. Uh, it's, I want to say Joe Creos, but he was like a running back from Sullivan that went to Auburn. Yeah. Anyways, so if they all come back, they have a chance to make some noise, and hopefully they'll win their first game because those Budweiser's will get old after a while if they go <laughs> if they don't win any at all. So uh, maybe they will. I'm rooting for the Browns. All right, last story, and I'm going to run through this pretty quick. That um, comes from the Guardian. Uh, it's another religious story, mm-hmm. by the way. Our last it's been one our, been our theme. Spaghetti injunction, Pastafarianism is not a religion, Dutch court rules. The Dutch court of state has ruled that Pastafarianism is not a religion, denying a follower of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, another good Pentecostal name, (laughs) the right to wear a colander on her head in her passport and driver's license folder. Photo. Uh, Minky D. Wild is now considering taking her case to the European Court of Human Rights. Uh, the Netherlands' highest court said De Wild, a law student from uh, Ninjimin, could not be exempted on religious grounds from a ban on headwear in an official in official identity photographs because Pastafarianism was essentially a satire and not a serious fate. The church was founded in the U.S. in 2005 by Bobby Henderson as a response to Christian fundamentalists advocating the teaching of creationism in school. In an open letter, Henderson demanded equal time in science classrooms for flying spaghetti monsterisms. Believers (laughs) worship an invisible and undetectable God called the flying spaghetti monster, wear colanders on their head in homage to their deity, revere pirates as the original Pastafarians, and bow to reject crazy nonsense, be nice to all sentient <laughs> beings, and eat a lot of pasta. Which I can get on board with their last tenet. Yeah. And being nice. And I'm, being nice. Yeah. 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 Heck, I might even revere pirates. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We're closer together than, we, than they think we are. Uh, Officially recognized by the New Zealand government. Shout out to our listeners in New Zealand. <laughs> yes. Uh, which All are, our Pastafarian listeners right. in New Zealand. We're the number one Pastafarian <laughs> podcast uh, from the demographics I've seen. We're not I've part Pastafarians no, ourselves. But, we're Southern yeah, Baptists. Yes, but we're huge with, but, hey. with that demographic. They love us. <laughs> yes. They do. Uh, which approved it. Uh, New Zealand approved it to conduct marriages in 2015. The church's status is disputed in many other countries, although several have allowed followers to wear colanders or pirate outfits for ID photographs. Which reminds me of a Seinfeld episode where Jerry had that puffy shirt. And he was like, I don't want to be a pirate. But anyways, that's just for people who love Seinfeld. Probably the greatest television show to ever come on. Among its tenets, laid down by Henderson in a 2006 parody of organized religion called The Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monsters, are eight I'd really rather you didn't. According to the gospel, (laughs) two of the original ten got lost. If followed, the pseudo-commandments allow Pastafarians who conclude their prayers uh, with Raman instead of Amen. (laughs) I guess Raymond would be better. Uh, To ascend to heaven, which features a stripper factory and a beer volcano. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 
DeWalt. I mean, it's Stripper Factory. Like, do you? Do like, they, are they I got to work. I, pull, I pulled night shift this week down to Stripper Factory, baby. I'll be down there working. Uh, I thought strippers were created from, like, broken homes and drug addictions. <laughs> that was, like, the factory that produced. I thought, I thought when a mommy stripper and a daddy stripper love each other very much, <laughs> the stork brings a baby stripper That to they name Mercedes and buy her clear high heels. Right, of course. <laughs> The uh, Wild said the church was humorous, but that did not mean it was not very serious in what it stands for. She was disappointed by the decision, which backed Najiban authorities' rejections of her ID photos. I can believe that it all looks very odd if you don't believe, she told the. Oh, I can't even say the name. She told the newspaper. <laughs> but that's the case with many fates if you don't believe in them. People who walk on water or divide themselves in two, for example, I find other religions unbelievable. The Dutch Council of State was not impressed, however. It may be the case that the colander is considered a holy object for Pastafarians worn in honor of the supplying spaghetti monster, but there is no obligation to do so, it said in its ruling. In fact, Pastafarianism has no obligations or restrictions. DeWild said... Yeah, it's just got those eight, I'd really rather you didn't. Yeah. DeWild has said she wears her colander because he see, she sees it as a duty, but is also an individual choice. Dutch law permits the head to be partially covered for identity photos, but only for genuine religious reasons. Hmm. It is important to be able to criticize religious dogma freely through satire, but that does not make such criticisms a serious religion, the council said. The seriousness and coherence required of a religion is not there. So, I kind of get them on... Okay, again, two things. One, I see their point that, you know, hey, uh, we want to be considered a religion, and you let, you know, you're going to let somebody you know, wear their yarmulke or something yeah, right. in their photo. Yeah, Why can't I wear this, you know, this colander on my head? Right. You know, I, I see they kind of got them there, but then at the same time, I feel like the state can come back and say, Hey, there's no duties in your religion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. all you have is a bunch of suggestions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Sorry. You set your religion up wrong. You know, <laughs> yes. Uh, we've you tested ours. <laughs> we've tested ours for a long time now. A <laughs> yeah. couple thousand years. We got it all figured out. Okay. Well, Pastafarianism is new and they're going to yes. have some missteps. Along That's the way. right. Yeah. They're going to one of which out. being, you know, is, you gotta, if you want your, People to do this, it's got to be a commandment. That's it can't right. be a suggestion. It can't be a I'm suggestion. Sorry. That's, that's just not the way people operate. That's not how religion works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, any of them. Ones I believe in, ones I don't. So, yes. yeah, they don't work in if that. If you way. want your followers to do this, it's got to be a commandment. Yeah, it can't be, be a, a suggestion. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> now, if your followers will do the commandments is a whole nother thing, you know. Yeah, like, even even as a commandment, people still aren't going to yeah, do it. Right. I'll say Jesus tells a lot about loving other people, and I see a lot of people who I not necessarily go to my church, but are share my religion who right. don't necessarily love other people. So, <sighs> but anyways, I don't know. I think Pastafarianism is extremely funny to me, <laughs> right? And I, I kind of respect the fact that these people are taking this joke this far, you know. <laughs> yeah. But in that same sense, when you get told you can't do something, you have to like go, well, this is all just a kind of a big joke anyways. Don't be go tying up the court system and stuff just to, to make your joke even better. And also I would like to point out that, you know, the whole 
point of Pastafarianism, you know, whether they will admit it or not, because in times past they have. Right. It's, again, it's a satire religion. It's yes. to make fun of religion. Right. But at what point? they're the ones yeah. wearing colanders on their heads. Yeah, right. I would like to ask the rest of the Dressing world. like pirates. I stand beside a, a Pastafarian dressed like a pirate with a colander on his head talking about the flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> which one do you think is ridiculous? <laughs> yeah, you right. know, Which one do you think is being ridiculous? Yes. Yes, yeah, the one that is uh, <laughs> with a colander or the one that, you know, is backed by thousands of years of, you know, religious study and martyrdom. And granted, we believe some weird things. Sure. I, I, I give oh, you yeah. that. I mean, you know? I got it too, yeah. Man I mean, walked on water. Yeah. Fed 5,000 people with rose five from the loaves dead. of bread and two fish. Yeah, rose, rose from, from the, the dead, dead, ascended to heaven. Yes. Yeah, he's coming back one day. Not going to be as friendly as everybody thinks he is when he comes back. <laughs> Just like to point that out to everyone. But he's not made out of spaghetti. Yeah, not made out of spaghetti. <laughs> he hadn't asked us to wear anything like a colander on our head, right. so... You know, and pirates were vicious, murderous yeah. rapists. Yeah. By the way, they weren't really nice. Just want you to know. Yeah. Now you might can marry a ghost pirate. That's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, but in general, yeah, pirates were not not you know just like the cool people you think they are. No, it wasn't Johnny Depp. Yeah, it's not Johnny Depp. No. Yeah, no, no. They they did a lot of stuff that wasn't cool. We fought a whole war against them, by the way, the Barbary against the Barbary pirates, and all the stuff. way to the shores of Tripoli. That's right. Yes, yeah. uh, just like I mean, people don't know; they don't even think about that. That uh, pirates were so unruly, we had to get involved as a government, and and still do to this day. Over you know, yeah. off the coast of Somalia, yeah, we do, yeah. All right, so. Community news, we're going to start off talking about our sponsor, our number one sponsor from day one, really. I mean, probably... Almost day one. Yeah, I mean, they jumped on board at the beginning, and I will forever be appreciative to them. (laughs) Not only because they sponsor us, but because they have a quality product, too, and that's Cajun Curl. Um, You guys have heard us talk about them forever. Um, We want to thank them for their support. Uh, world famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blend of Spices and their Cajun Curl Chip Cutter are both available on CajunCurl.com. Uh, the Spiral Potato Cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, it's easy to clean, and it allows you to make your own chips using the Cajun Curl Spice. Um, created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well on chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. If you want to turn your tailgate up, we're getting into football season. You're, you and the guys want to get a tailgate, watch the Browns play, uh, watch Bama dominate like we always do, uh, watch Oregon lose uh, if that's what you're into. Uh, get that spiral potato chip cutter. Make you some homemade potato chips. Put the Cajun curl spice on it. Um, put your you're going to grill out brat steaks, anything like that for your football game. Put Cajun curl on it, uh, and it'll take your tailgate up to the next notch. On the website CajunCurl.com, you can order their spices, but uh, you can also get that chip cutter. You can also find recipes that you can use for your. Uh, for your tailgates that are absolutely mind-blowing you can locate your nearest retailer uh, or you can order your own you know, locally here in tuscaloosa they have it at bowels on skyland boulevard they also have it at south's finest meat meats south's finest meats they sell more than one meat meats 
which is over off of Greensboro and 10th Avenue. Uh, and if your local grocer doesn't carry it, ask them to start stocking it. All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the Cajun Curl, but you feel like General Mattis when you're eating your meal. It's all natural, low salt, has a little kick in it, and it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spices. Taste the spice, but not the heat. CajunCurl.com. Go visit them. Give them support for all they do to us. And uh, we're not at the end yet, but we're getting close. (laughs) (laughs) Got a little fumble on the buttons. That's all right. Well, we don't have any reviews this week. Oh. This is kind of becoming a trend. Yeah, that's Come on, right. Y'all. Yeah, really. We don't What's ask the much. Deal, man? Come on. I mean, it takes like two seconds. Please. Yeah. We do have a couple of voicemails. Okay, all right. All right, we got this one. Rupert, he called back. Okay, good. I'm, I'm becoming a fan of Rupert. And uh, fair fair warning, I haven't listened to this yet. So okay, that's fine. Let's hear it. That's, I love it. Okay. R-U-P-E-R-T, Rupert. <laughs> Rupert, you got Robert. my name wrong. And I wasn't eating no pineapple pizza. It was a 7-Eleven Big Bite. Ha, 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 ha. You totally got me. Oh, that's a totally fake accent. Like, how does a guy, how does a guy on the West Coast have any idea? How did you an authentic Southern accent. I mean, come on, really. <laughs> it's your boy Johnny. What's up? Yeah, that Johnny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know it was. Yeah, I actually it was a true story. I was. I went to lunch from the dust factory, and I was at lunch, but at a Seven Eleven, they didn't have the regular condiments. All they had was ketchup and a this big pile of tomatoes. So I thought, oh, that's weird. I'll give, it, I'll give it a shot, you know, when I have my vegetables, I guess. So I'm like, put on some ketchup, and then a whole beach, huge pile of tomatoes on the 7-Eleven Big Bite hot dog. Okay. And it was good. I was All like, right. man, this is good. So I thought I'd call you and, you know, tell you. But I figured you wouldn't want to hear from no white boy on the West Coast. I mean, in Oregon. <laughs> I mean, you guys probably think that uh, – it's that we're like L.A. or Johnny's something. White? Oregon, you know, Oregon is not like L.A. Or, we're, this is cowboy country. I can take you to, to Eastern Oregon into a 7-Eleven where they got the big gulps on top and horseshoes underneath the big gulp. So, yeah. But we do, though, although, like, if you ask me what I am, I tell you I'm a cowboy, baby. Cowboy, baby. So, yeah, we call you baby, because so I guess we got some of that Hollywood thing going, too. Like, you know that song? I'm a cowboy, baby. Cowboy, baby. Whoever wrote that song was not a cowboy. Kid Rock. Rock. Cowboys, real cowboys, probably don't call you baby. Unless they're west of the the, uh, Cascade Mountains like we are (laughs) here in Portland. Anyway. I love your podcast. It's like the best in the world. So um, thank you for being on the Friends Radio Network. That's right. FriendsRadioNetwork.com. All right. That's that's Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Johnny is the man. I love Johnny. He's an awesome dude. He gives me a hard time, and I try to give him a hard time too. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Johnny's awesome. 
And uh, yes, he explained to me that the accent he was doing was not a fake Southern accent, but a um, um, Eastern Californian farmer accent, mm-hmm. which apparently they sound like a fake Southerner when they do the, <laughs> their, their talking. So, which is cool, totally cool. Yeah, a lot of lot of stuff's grown out in California. <laughs> and we've got this one right here, last one. <coughs> oh, um, hey guys, um. I was just uh, I was calling down there to see how y'all thought the tide was going to do this year. <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> well, first, we got, my dream has come true. Yeah, we got to find bomb right. callers. That's right. <laughs> well, well, first of all, I think the tide's going to fare pretty well this year. I think schedule lines up good for us. If you're playing uh, the odds, we, they're going uh, to do okay. We're going to be a little experienced on the back end of the defense, you know, but we got a lot of talent back there that's going to come along. I, I got all the faith in the world, Coach Saban, to coach him up. The quarterback situation is going to get worked out. I mean, the rumors out of practice this week is that it's basically to his job to lose. So <laughs> we're going to have the flying Hawaiian back there, which is fine. Love Jalen, too, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alabama fans forget about all the games he won. Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I feel confident in whatever we have. I, I feel like we're going to be um, in the hunt again for the national championship. Have been pretty nearly much, every single year. Yeah, pretty much for a decade straight. Okay. Nick Saban's first season at Alabama. It was not a good He one. went, what, six and six? Six and seven. Six and seven. Or seven and six. No, six and I seven. Think it, okay. Yeah. So, but again, it's, that was first year. His first year yeah. is kind of my policy. Lost that, to Louisiana every, Monroe, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, coach. Jimmy Johns, for fumbling while you were going in the end zone. <laughs> Just like I hadn't forgot, hadn't forgotten at all. Then you got arrested <laughs> for selling cocaine, but whatever, man. <laughs> but you got your life back on track now. I've heard. But I feel like every coach gets you know a pass that first season because he's yeah. rebuilding. That's right. I mean, Tennessee's been rebuilding for ten years now. That's I feel right. like if you want to give them ten years to rebuild, you got to give Coach Saban his first season. But let me ask you this: Do you know what Alabama's worst season has been, not counting Saban's first year since Saban has has been in Alabama? Um, uh, twelve and two. I was gonna say ten and three. Ten and three. Okay. Two thousand ten. That's right. Yes. That Alabama went ten and three, and that and is the worst season that Saban has had, not counting his first season. In probably Alabama. the most uh, to me at that time. Probably one of the most talented teams we had. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, we destroyed Michigan State in the Blockbuster Bowl that yeah. year. Yeah, like they had to play. They ended up playing like a receiver at quarterback at the end of the game because we were just we were killing everybody. Poor Kirk and the Cousins. End, the end score was like fifty something. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh man, but that team was so Less good. Grass that game. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that uh that team was so good, and uh, and that's the worst season yeah. that we have had, not counting Saban's yeah. first year at Alabama. Wow. I wonder what it's like to root for other teams that aren't any good. You know, like how is that? <laughs> how does that? You know, how do you get up in the morning during a Saturday on a football season and you know like your team is probably going to lose, or you have to worry? I don't know. Which we've had a lot of close games, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I try not to be a conceited Alabama fan, but we've had a really good, and I'm just trying <laughs> to enjoy really it while it lasts. Right. Because and I remember what not, it was We're not going to be on top forever. Yeah, right. At yes. some point, this gravy train yes. will come to an end. Yes, it will. But I'm going to enjoy it every stop. The one thing I take heart in is that, you know, Saban left LSU in such good – uh, such a good position that, that they won a national championship yeah, after right. he left. Yeah, that's and true. they were basically great 
up until maybe three or four seasons ago. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I feel like a well, lot when, of that was when Les Miles was fired, they yeah. were still good. Right. You know? But people don't remember, like, LSU, for the most part, until Saban got there, was not a factor. No, they didn't. I mean, they had a football program, but they were... Year in, year out. Right. They were very much a... uh, yeah. Like a Vanderbilt team. Right. Well, know? I wouldn't put them at Vanderbilt, but they were not like they are now. Right. Which, you know, they're all the talent in the world down in in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and they're the basically the only program down there. It's like Alabama, we have to compete against Auburn to get recruits out of the state. <laughs> but LSU is just LSU. They're not competing against right. Louisiana Monroe or La Tech or whoever, you know, everybody. Who's, not if you want to play football. Yeah, if you can make the grades and get into school at LSU, then you can play. Not that LSU's like Vanderbilt academically, but they, right. you know, Terry Bradshaw went to Louisiana Tech because he couldn't get into LSU. So yeah, so I think Bama's going to be pretty good. I'm I'm excited about this year. If you're playing the odds, they're. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to win, but they're they're going to be good. They're going to be yeah. in contention. Yeah, probably. I think Michigan might have be been nearly good. every single yeah. year. I think Michigan <laughs> might be pretty good this year. That's a that's kind of a dark horse because they got the old quarterback from uh, Ole Miss who transferred up there when Ole Miss got caught mm-hmm. cheating. Which how do you get caught cheating, <laughs> Ole Miss? Like what in this day and age? How are you getting caught cheating? You're making us all look bad. Can't you do like we do and just buy your players' cars <laughs> under their parents' names? And maybe set their family up with jobs and cheat honestly like we do. Don't, golly, what is wrong with you? You're just making us all look bad. Okay, it's like, yeah, let's go, Ole Miss. Get with the program. Or you know, if if your player's dad happens to be a pastor, you take all that money and put it in the offering right. plate, and then you get a Heisman Trophy winner like Cam Newton. Which, by the way. I, you know, not an Auburn fan anyways. Not, I don't mind an Auburn hater, but Cam Newton was amazing to watch play. Like, yeah. that game against LSU that year, because, you know, he only played one year at Auburn. That game, when he broke that long run, I remember I was sitting in my living room and I was like, ooh, I don't know if there's anybody that can, can handle this guy. He's going to be something else. And sure enough, he was and whipped us in that game. And they came back from like 28 down. We were up 24 nothing. Yeah, right. I would just like to remind yes. everybody, we right. were up 24 yeah. nothing. Yeah. That last half of the game, they <laughs> scored just... four touchdowns. Yes. We scored one field yeah. goal. Right. Yeah, they turned it on. Golly. And Man, that was bad. Made me so mad. I'm still bitter about also, it. I think that comes out in my voice. Before that game, our like stadium DJ guy was playing Son of a Preacher Man. You know, like while Auburn was running up, and he got suspended for that. And well, I he, wanted, also, he also played Take the Money and Run. That's right. <laughs> that's what got him in trouble. And I wanted to protest that so badly because I'm like, that is that's just good, good fun. You know. Now, of course, you're an Auburn fan. You're like, oh, them classless Alabama guy. You know. Uh oh. Hey, is that another voicemail? Yeah. Hello, you're on live with John and Tiny, Earth Oddity Podcast. How you doing? Who am I talking to? (laughs) (laughs) What if it was Cam Newton? (laughs) Maybe. Well, we better wrap this up. Yeah, better wrap it up. (laughs) I feel like that's, uh, we need to go. You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us no matter where you get us, whether it's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Acast, Overcast, Podcast Republic, 
iHeartRadio. Spotify. Spotify. We're on right. Spotify now. Just put our podcast on on Spotify. <laughs> turn it down while you sleep at night. Yes. Let's play all the episodes. <laughs> if you want to email the show, you can email us. We are earthoddity at planetmail.net. Right. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are unders- underscore EarthOddity. Exact same Twitter handle. Or exact, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. If you want to tweet us on Twitter. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I hadn't done a whole lot with uh, Instagram the past couple of weeks. Been super busy at work, so sorry about that. And we also have a phone number. That's right. I got it right here. It is 662 662- Four nine three two zero five nine. Call us. Leave a message. Let's talk about the tide some more. I got, <laughs> yeah. I got a little fired up about that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about Alabama or whatever crappy team you root for. Yeah. And y'all have a nice week. That's right. right. Love y'all. Roll Tide. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.